Good everybody, I'm Joe Longo. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration. Special weekend interview series where I connect with inspiring and creative people to have conversations to hopefully inspire you to start doing whatever it is that you love. Even to just start taking baby steps to get you in that direction of where you want to be. So my name's Joe Longo. I've lived many lives from being a college football player to a professional photographer to an IT director back to photography and teaching yoga and meditation and now doing all of that and bringing all of my failures together to coach people to help people change their mindset to help people realize that no matter how many mistakes we have made We can still keep going, we can still keep learning, and we truly can do what we love in this life. So I hope these conversations inspire you to get out into the world and start doing the things that you want to do, to start living your life for yourself. On today's episode, we're talking with my good friend, Damodar Korua. Damodar is a coach, a mentor, a teacher, a student, a very wise, beautiful soul. He specializes in relationship, life, communication, emotional intelligence, empowerment coaching. He also guides budding entrepreneurs. Damodar is also a well-known yoga teacher, a lifelong student of spirituality, meditation, Ayurveda, body work, and massage and mantra and yoga philosophy. He's a beautiful, loving soul my friends i can't even tell you the effect that damodar has had on my life through our friendship going way back to philadelphia in our conversation today we talk about that time in philadelphia when we were feeling like kids we talk about communication between humans and how we struggle with communication and then i ask damodar about his podcast empowered connections and how he created the courage and the space to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out into the world. Thank you for being here, everybody. You can find all of Damodar's information in the show notes. Please give him a follow, reach out, connect to some of the amazing things that he is offering in 2023. You will not be disappointed. Thank you all for being here. And now enjoy this conversation. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Longo. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration weekend interview series. And today, you heard the intro. I'm so excited to be with my good friend, my old friend, Damodar Cordua, relationship coach, yoga teacher, amazing human, spiritual wizard, all of the things. (laughs) My beard is definitely getting gray enough to be wizard-like. So it is. It is. (laughs) I'm a little jealous of the the mustache. My mustache just won't turn. Your your mustache looks like it's starting to get a nice a nice white to it. Yeah, it's the last holdout, but the the white the white is 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 happening for sure. Right. I was just talking to someone about how like you know they were like didn't have much gray in their beard and they were like oh I'm getting there and I looked at them and I was like shaking my head inside like you don't have any gray. And I remember when it happened for me, it was all dark and there was this one stripe of gray or white and it just started to like travel mm-hmm. everywhere. And now I'm waiting for it to travel into my eyebrows. 
<laughs> That'll be great. My eyebrows are crazy. My intention is to have big uh, Einstein eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> I, I I will have them because mine are also crazy and bushy already. Well, it's so great to see you, Joe. And Joe, uh, you are. Joe and I have been friends for a long time, and so it's just great to reconnect with you here, and I'm honored to be on your podcast and be of service to your listeners in any way that I can, and um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, we go way back, and interesting, I had a photography client from 2018 reach out if I can restore their photos. I was like, of course I can, but I had to break out all of these old hard drives. Wow. And I found on that same hard drive was the first photo shoot that me, you, and Dave did at Tattooed Moms. Oh, I remember that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I had to share it. And then I shared it, and I was like, because I was doing a handstand. I and, I, and I was jacked at the time. Yeah, man, you, you was a cool handstand photo. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was younger, but I wasn't. I was, I was 40. I, I was 40. <laughs> you were 40? <laughs> In yes, that I was 42. In that picture. I was also 40. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Like, oh, I was younger then. Like, not that young. <laughs> Which yeah, also made me feel feel really good. Feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because like at that photo shoot, I had more hair on my head than on my face. Mm-hmm. And now I have no hair on my head and just hair on my face. And I always loved it because like I met you during my yoga journey when I really dove into yoga asana and teaching yoga and I was already like in my 30s getting into it and it was just cool to like be getting older then but kind of feeling younger right yeah I look at that time like when you first open and we're just all over the place right from the get-go but whatever but when you first opened up Paula Santo yeah like I was Almost, I was turning 40, so not young, but I felt like that time of my life was such a young time of my life. Like, yeah. I felt like we were all just kids having the best time ever, yeah. but I was 40. That's inspiring is- um, for the listener just to hear that. And I, I love that about age. And I think about like people that I read about who inspire me is that like age becomes really relative and there's seasons of our life where we feel that way. Even if on paper, it's like, Oh wow, I was like 40 or I was 50 or whatever the case may be. And uh, that's really cool. And I also agree. That was a fun time. I look back at it. Like we were a bunch of kids. Just We were, we were just a yeah. bunch of, bunch of kids having a great, having a great time. Um, you know what, Joe, we still are. We're some kids on this podcast right now just having a good time exactly we i still feel like that (laughs) like that 40 year old kid (laughs) (laughs) so if you wouldn't mind um you know they everybody heard the intro but would you tell us a little bit about who you are what you're up to now and then maybe we'll time travel a little bit as well yeah for sure thanks for asking i spend a lot of my time personally uh, as a relationship and life coach So I coach both individuals and couples, and I give them more tools, perspectives, and just space to explore, navigate their relationship to their own self and their relationship to others. And hopefully, you know, allow some more potential and empowerment to happen within that container. And I really, I love it. Um, One of our mutual friends asked me once, like, 
Daniel Schenken, right? He asked mm -hmm. like, why would you do relationship coaching? It just sounds so difficult, like working with couples. And, and I realized that I just, I like it because it's challenging mm -hmm. and because I have come to see in my own life and the life of my clients that relationships, if, even if it's not with a partner, right? If it's with family members or friends, they're like mirrors and mm -hmm. they can show us so much about ourselves if we're willing to take a look. So I'd like to allow, you know, to help people uh, help, give, uh, create some space that allows people to, uh, to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it was HIMSA Festival. Is that what it yeah. was called? 2019 was the last time I, I saw you. Oh, my gosh. And, and I was like, I'm going to be a coach. I'm doing a coaching program. And then hadn't seen you, right? And you were doing it, coaching. And then I saw the shift from like life coaching into relationship coaching. And I'm curious, how did that affect you personally? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it was connected. Great question. A lot of it was connected to my own journey. Mm -hmm. And um, as you might have heard in the bio, and as we might have like hinted at, like I was a yoga teacher, I'm a yoga teacher. I've been in the yoga world for a while and on a spiritual journey, a spiritual path and kind of connect, went to India, connected to a lot of spiritual wisdom from the East. And I noticed that I was living out, trying to live out, we'll say, mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to live out these like spiritual values, we'll call them. And in doing so, I, I started to see that parts of my relationship, which is a really wonderful one with my wife, we run a business together and we have a really, really blessed relationship. But there were places where we were really stuck and I noticed that I was acting in ways that were really at odds with like my spiritual desires or spiritual ideas. Mm -hmm. And these are like big red flags. And I was like, why am I saying this here? And then acting like a fuck. Can I curse on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acting like an asshole over here. Like just acting like an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I'm a pretty nice guy, but we all have some asshole in us. And I was just acting like that. And I, I had no tools through all the studies I've did to even the life coaching stuff. I didn't feel like I had the, the tools to, to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And so I became a student again and I received coaching, both my wife and I received coaching. And then I just really got fascinated by how relationship is so important uh, generally, but it's also important in understanding ourselves because once I started to deal with that stuff, mm -hmm. these, these asshole parts of myself, it started to open up a whole world of like self-discovery of like past issues and early childhood stuff and shadow parts of myself that like I didn't or I wasn't looking at, even though I was doing this other self-growth spiritual work. Mm -hmm. and so that was like, boom, this is exciting. This is relevant. We're all in relationship with someone. And uh, that was really the, uh, what catapulted me into the journey. And then I'm thinking, if I have a great relationship, and I'm going through the stuck stuff with my, my partner, and I think my relationship is basically pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, mm -hmm. then how many people out there are also feeling that or in other situations that are even more difficult or stuck? So that's kind of what inspired me to get into it. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I love how, and I think this happens with a lot of us when we go on our journey of self discovery and learning and peeling away layers of the onion. It then like lights something inside of us and like, oh wow, like you just said, if I'm in what I feel is an amazing relationship and there are these things, what could be happening here and how can I help? Right, and then we we like right, how may I how may I serve and really bring it all together. Yeah, and absolutely and ju- beautiful. Just like teaching yoga, it's like by by teaching yoga, or you know, I learn more about my own practice, right? By teaching, so by helping others uh, or trying to be of service, I also like I'm more vigilant with my own stuff. At least I hope so. Like I'm paying attention more. I'm practicing the tools, and um, you know, we can turn good relationships into great ones. We can turn so-so relationships that are on the edge of not being as connected as they could be into something that is really viable and really life-giving. Earlier before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about communicating. Uh, Do you feel that most of the people that you work with, communication may be one of the biggest issues or struggles that, that people find themselves in oh yes that is faux show yeah like led zeppelin's like communication breakdown song is like playing in the back of my head yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. and you know usually we i would say i don't have hard fast data on this but we couple with people who have different communication styles than we do just it kind of usually is the case and and then also we have lots of other dynamics like we have what's called attachment science or attachment styles, which also create like blueprints early on in our life when we were like trying to get love from our caregivers, right? And then we developed ways or habits to do so. And then we get into relationship and those same attachment styles come back with our primary partner. And then we just have, you know, our family of origin and their style of communication or where we came from, you know, what area of the country or our cultural background. And we have just previous relationships that might have impacted us in a certain way where we still get kind of triggered or we still feel something come up, even though it's not happening here with this person. So, yeah. And then we could also talk about, you know, gender, you know, which I don't like to make mass generalizations about, but often in dealing and working with a lot of men, uh, you know, men generally are not so emotionally intelligent, emotionally aware. They're not so communication is not like as much of a currency, at least in some of the traditional male cultures that have been around. Um, so all that stuff, wrap it up in a, you know, a tidy little box and you got a lot of potential communication breakdown or, um, yeah, misses like two ships. Like okay, like we're right here, but we're not seeing each other. And then you add conflict onto that, right? And how people communicate in conflict, which the attachment style and previous relationships play a big part in, and that's where things can get even more difficult. And so, what I try to teach my clients is number one, better ways to communicate when not in conflict better ways to really hear each other and understand each other when we think we are and we're really not, right? And then also ways that to do so where we can maybe put at bay some of our defensive reactions 
or see our triggers more clearly or have more information about those triggers and even have more information about the other person's triggers so that when we have some of these uh, perspectives and tools, we can navigate communication more gracefully. But it's like a dance. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's not like you just win it and you're like going to be great communicators. It's just going to be an ongoing dance. Um, so yeah, that's the long-winded explanation. But man, like I, my wife and I, and maybe you could share any of your experiences, but I know we, we communicate a lot, but we also like miscommunicate a lot. And, you know, one, one thing that I like kind of misread or she misread could create a whole, you know, landmine of situations, right? Mm, yeah. The, I was, as you were saying all that, I was thinking about my marriage that I was in and I didn't talk. I didn't communicate. Like as it was ending, I remember my ex-wife saying, Joe, you don't talk. Like you haven't talked to me. Hmm. And I just, you know, like shut down. I'm like, what do you, I talk, you know? But at that part if, of my life where I was, I, I wasn't communicating. And if I was, I wasn't communicating clearly. Wow. And how you say the two ships, I would use, I would say that Amy and I, I would use this analogy that we were like that, a double-decker bridge. And she was mm. on like the bottom part yeah. and I was on the top part and we were going in the opposite direction, wow. like just missing each other. And then the interesting thing I found that happened with me, you know, post. So I got divorced in 2015. I don't know when it was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> 2008. Actually, uh, 2008. Oh, 2008. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then there was a lot of, I mean, you know, there was a lot of Joe's dating the wrong people, <laughs> Joe's learning lessons. Uh, and then it's like, I took a big hiatus when I did my coaching training and was really, I worked with the angry therapist with John Kim and he had just wrote a book single on purpose and his other book, I used to be a miserable fuck. And both of them were like exactly what I needed at wow. that time because I was that miserable thing that didn't know I was miserable right and then I got single on purpose and I learned how to just like myself and be with myself and was learning through my coaching and being coached about communicating but then I would start to date people and I felt like I was then an over communicator right because I was like oh no, no no we should talk about this let's talk about this and it was like finding that that balance so you're not freaking people out and be like we should you know be talking <laughs> Let's go deep. We're just going to go into the deep end right now. Come on. Right. I know we went out on two dates, but we're going to get pretty deep right now. Uh, and then finding that balance and now coming into this relationship that I'm in with Tina that is amazing. And we're like a, a year and a half ish. I, I don't really know. A while. Okay. And, and we talk all the time and the communication is great. But as we were saying earlier, every once in a while, she'll say, Joe, I want to talk or we should we should have a conversation about this. And I get this like sinking pit from past relationships thinking that, Oh, she wants to talk. Something's wrong. Oh, this must be bad. And most of the time it's something silly. And I'm like, really? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> like I was in my head thinking that it was going to be this big thing. And it was like, just nothing. Yeah. What you're talking about right now, just for the listeners, like, I think that's just such a classic example. I think so many of us go through that and you're a conscious guy, you're a conscious person and you have like some resource to see, oh, like that comes from another time and place. And so that, that right there 
is like a masterful move. And this is something that I might help with clients is like to actually in the moment, create some resource in ourself to be with the feeling and say, okay, I'm feeling this. What is this saying? Is it about this or is it coming from another time and place? And what is the story about? Mm -hmm. Right. And is it matching what's happening with my partner or my friend or my loved one right now? And then if you're going together for coaching, like if it was a couple, then we would talk about it so that your partner also understood that. So she could sit, hold space for you if by some chance you do get triggered and you get a little upset or you like bristle or you like remove yourself or whatever your style is. And so she can hold more space and compassion and understanding for that. And that's kind of like all happening in a short moment. I mean, right? isn't that interesting? So it's like you're like trying to train the nervous system to have more space to kind of go through all those checkpoints in a moment and then maybe make a better decision with the understanding that you both have about each other individually and about your relational dynamic. Mm -hmm. And a lot that is happening all at yeah, like I give an example. I'm, I'm not even a football fan, really, but I give an example of a quarterback um, and like a quarterback in the pocket, you know, is trying to throw this ball to someone else or hand it off or do something with it, right, to get mm -hmm. a touchdown. The quarterback has all these giant people who are bred, who are their whole life is to, to get this guy, uh -huh. right? And so the quarterback needs to create space in their nervous system to know, okay, there's danger here. I'm feeling that, right? But also I can't just run from it. I can't just react because if I react, it's not gonna be successful. So I need to create some space to know that I'm feeling this trigger, but to also give me an option to make other decisions. If that's to see that I can pass to this person or hand the ball off or run the ball. And I give this analogy because that's what we're asked to do. And the decisions expand. Maybe I just need to like be silent or maybe I need to say something like this or maybe I need to take a step away. And it benefits the person, meaning the quarterback in the analogy, and it also benefits the team mm -hmm. of the relationship, right? So your relationship, it's like a team. And then the team, you know, in the analogy becomes successful mm -hmm. for many years, like a successful franchise or something like that. Right. That's beautiful because that quarterback has to make so many split second decisions so, that are all just happening. And I, I love the way that you brought it to that because I think a lot of us humans, right, will come up with the excuses that I can't, I can't think that quick, right? But eventually you can with practice, right? With that awareness. And one of the things that I've been working with my clients are, is what if that first step is just the awareness? Right. Like, let's just keep a tally of how many times we can catch ourselves. Oh. Right. When we should be like, oh, wait, hold up. Maybe I can change the paradigm right here and go in a different direction. But if we just start right, like with that first simple step of let me just bring awareness when I'm right. I don't have to make any decisions, but our baby step is I'm just going to be happy that I caught myself. That's so powerful. Like just the. Uh just the beginning steps of awareness, mm -hmm. so much can happen from there. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and that also gives like us some grace that like, it's not like we, we don't, we're not being asked to just solve something or fix ourselves 
It's just to start to see a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And just like the analogy of sports, if you've ever played a sport or even if you're doing yoga, we know that like you have to come back to it to expand upon your possibility, right? You a little bit more. You can be more flexible in your yoga practice, a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's, um, and that's how it works. But unlike the physical body, this type of work that we're talking about, it, it expands exponentially until the day we die, yeah. right? So that's why this type of stuff is a journey. It's not like we're going to fix ourselves and like next year I'm like all good. It's <laughs> that it's always going to be a challenge, but my ability expands and expands and expands. Or like you said, with the layers of the onion, you know, more layers get peeled back, more things to move through get peeled back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say one thing, Joe, I love that you say, and you, I think as long as I've known you, you've said this, we as humans, Yeah. I just love it because it, it just makes me, it impacts me in such a way that I feel like, yeah, like we're speaking as there's so many other living entities in the world. <laughs> have different ways of doing things right and i love that you just you know we're humans that's and we're doing human things mm-hmm. i love and it we're, and we're gonna mess up we're gonna mess up a lot and yeah and we mess up totally yeah and it's that I, I, com- yeah, compassion like that. can we be compassionate with ourselves right that okay i caught myself going down right or turning into that asshole that i don't want to turn into but I, but um, there's yeah. that awareness and i'll get better i'll get yeah better and next then, time. And that's cool. And with the couple, with the couple work that I do, and even when I work with individuals who are trying to move through things in their relationship, because I work with both individuals and couples, um, that's also powerful because we will fuck up, we will mess up. Like no, it's, we're not perfect, and we're not going to be perfect. But what if you can mess up and have enough awareness to notice it, and then r- repair after, right, or make a little bit of a better decision afterwards instead right. of doubling down. Mm-hmm. either like in beating yourself up or beating the other person up and getting entrenched. Mm-hmm. Right. Just that is big. Really? And it's just a little fine, you know, sometimes we just have to tweak, but keep, it's all evolving and, and changing. I, um, I don't know how many times now I'm reading thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, but I'm, I got to read that book. It, I've never read it. Before. Oh my goodness. You yeah, definitely have to read it. Every, okay. Everybody. But he talks about, um, you know, what's that burning desire? And when we know what our burning desire is, right, it's like the why, the why of why we do things. We we figure out the how. The how arrives when we know the why. Mm. And we make a plan. But sometimes the plan doesn't always work. We don't throw away that desire. Mm. We work on creating a new plan to get us to the desire. Mm. But unfortunately, a lot of people are like, oh, well, that didn't work, so I'm just going to throw it away, right? No, try again, right? You had a bad experience, learn from those mistakes, try again, keep going. But don't throw away the dream, the desire, whatever it might be, keep working at it, right? Thomas Edison failed 10,000 times before the light bulb came on. Yeah, I love that. And I yeah, I, I remember seeing some meme of like uh, Michael Jordan and him like missing the shot, even like the most important shot a bajillion times. What is, but what is he remembered for, right? right? His successes and his legacy. And I love what you're saying, and I'm sure with the people that you work with in your capacity, this comes up a lot, is that we feel like we didn't do it, and then we're wrong, and then it's not right, and we have to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is that, no, like, you know, 
try again, learn from the experience, create that resilience and self-compassion and acceptance. And one of my teachers would say, you know, we also can't really go to where we want to go until we really accept where we are right now. Mm-hmm. There's no, like even in the law of physics, like you can't get to that next place unless you're here. Right. Yeah. I, and that's I, acceptance. Yes, exactly. I just heard a, a little clip from John Kim the other day. Him and um, his wife are doing a whole couples thing with their new book that they just put out. I've listened to them on a podcast. Yeah, talk about it. And uh, someone said something about their attachment style, anxious attachment or something like that. And they don't want to be it anymore. And John was like, but you're it. Like, that's you. Be it. And the sooner you can come to the acceptance, then you can learn the tools to manage it, right? Instead of ignoring what it is, accept it, right? This is what it is. I have this anxious attachment style or whatever it might be. What tools can I find that will help me manage it, deal with it, instead of being, no, I'm not it. I'm not accepting it, right? It's like, accept it. Yeah. And then figure out how to manage it, work through it. Yeah, and I think that like what you're talking about, that's part of like, say, maybe the people listening to your podcast and who follow you is like this self-growth, self-empowerment journey. That's a really big part of it is like to humble ourselves, to accept where we're at and to say, you know, I'm willing to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to get, you know, guidance or a coach or read the book or take the course. And I don't know at all. I I do have, I am this right now. You know, at this point I'm dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Um, And I think that, often is tough in our age because I think a lot of us out there, because of information, we think that we have to be perfect at something right away, or we can't like struggle. We have to be a master of something because there's so much information out there or in relationship. When I see couples, Mm -hmm. like they might feel like there's some sort of um, backlash about saying, you know, we're having issues. There's so many people are afraid to just say we're having issues. You know, you know how many people in a relationship have issues? I don't care what you see of them on Instagram, kissing and blah, 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 all that. Everybody is having issues. I mean, yeah, maybe a you know, small part of the population is not, but generally everybody is. So let's normalize that, you know, right. and say, yeah, like, hey, like, I'm stuck here. But so many of us, it's, it's hard. It, it, we, we, I think we're taught not to. And then there's a lot of other stories, maybe from childhood or from our family of origin that we can't bring that up. We're not allowed to look at that. We're not allowed right. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that kind of goes to that whole idea of, oh my goodness, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Right? What's yeah. everybody thinking? What is everybody thinking? And um, I heard a wise old man, I think on TikTok, say this once. A wise old Seriously, he was like, a, like grandpa TikTok or something. And <laughs> he was like, everybody has this idea that people are thinking about them. He was like, here's the big surprise. They're not even thinking. We think that they're thinking about us, and they're they're not even thinking at all. And he was like, "So why waste your time?" And I heard that, and I was like, "Wow, wow, that is so yeah, I, right." We might be having problems, and I think that's a lot of it. Like growing up, I remember like like you don't talk about any of the problems outside of the house, right? Like everything is here, and depending on who what family members are are over, you might not be talking about the problems either. Which then just creates this space of, oh, well, now nobody's talking. Yeah. Which is not. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what, that was another one of the reels I put out recently was 
And please, listeners, don't think I'm sort of some sort of like sports dude, but uh, I do love baseball. It, it, it's it's funny. I've recently ha- have found my love for football again. Oh no, yeah, sure, it, it, it it's come back. So I love that you're throwing all of the the sports analogies <laughs> at us. This is great. Go Eagles, right? Yeah. So the uh, the Phillies, who I really love, and from the Philadelphia sports team, they were in the playoffs, and um, they were not expected to get into the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. But there was commentators during one of the games before the World Series, and they said, look at the dugout of the Phillies. Everybody's communicating, like they're talking with each other. And they said, that's a good sign. That means that there is a lot of potential for success. And so, yeah, to, to double back on the communication thing, communication doesn't mean necessarily pouring all our shit on someone on the first date, right? We might think that (laughs) for a while, but it does mean um, learning to kind of what you were saying earlier, like learning about, oh, how do I communicate? Mm -hmm. How did my family communicate? Uh, Was there a culture? Did we talk about emotions in our family? Did Did we repair emotions or did we just go our separate ways? Or did we fight? Like, what was the culture of communication uh, in where I grew up or in the culture of manhood or uh, womanhood or wh- whatever gender or non-gender specific you identify as. What, what were the, was the culture there? All those things play a big part, not even in just in our relationships, but just, I think, in success in life. Like mm-hmm. communication is the cornerstone to so much, if it's business, if it's work, if it's leisure. And that's why I find it so fascinating. And I'm like continually be continually humbled by my own blind spots. And I think I'm a pretty communicative person, but like, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. you know? <laughs> Same. It's like, wow, I thought I was, thought I was somewhere else. <laughs> and thanks to my wife. Thank you, uh, uh, Rachel, for keeping me in line there <laughs> and showing me that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I, I don't, want to say too many things about about tina but just this weekend there we had this interesting interaction it wasn't bad right but little interaction happened in the kitchen and i came and i sat on the couch and i was like i definitely shouldn't have said what i said and it wasn't mean or anything right but i caught myself and i walked back into the kitchen i was like i shouldn't have i shouldn't have said that but it was like and she was like "Ah, i knew it got you i knew it got you like ah man it did, but at least I got it, right? At least I like it hit me by the time I walked from the kitchen to the living room and it wasn't like three weeks later that I got it. So it was just a short amount of time that I realized I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, man, props to you. Like that's it. Just that short <laughs> amount of time. That's big awareness, right? And right. Yeah. And I still felt like an ass for what I said, but I also caught it where I was like, all right. Yeah, you're allowed to feel like an ass. You're allowed to have a little a little shame, you know? Yeah. Good. Shame can be a positive thing. You know, like someone like Brene Brown will talk about it like how like difficult and maybe it's not a good thing to feel. And some of us get stuck in shame, of course. It can be but feeling a little bit of that or, or maybe guilt in that scenario because it's interpersonal, mm-hmm. that's a signifier. Yeah. So emotions in my world, they're um they're not who we are but they're signifiers and they can show us so much. Mm-hmm. They can show us so much, so much about like a story or what just happened. And if we can learn instead of pushing them down, 
oh, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. I don't like I'm a master at that. I don't feel that. Or getting over overrided by them, overridden by them, mm-hmm. or however way we distract away from them. If we can really be with them more, we can create a lot of awareness. And so yeah. you just gave an example of that. And um, that moment, you know, it's like a replay in a sports game. You mm-hmm. could have dealt with it differently and it might have like drawn that weirdness out for a day or two. Right. Or for some couples for weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd love to just throw in here for everyone on like kind of our mindset manifestation, just the way our mind works, right? Like it, it's programmed to what we say. So when we're going to, when you're going to have that conversation with your partner, with your friend, your boss, whoever it might be, and you're just continually saying, this is going to be a hard conversation, this is going to be a hard conversation, this is going to be a hard conversation, you're setting yourself up mentally without even realizing your brain is now going to see the hard parts of the conversation. It literally yeah. won't even see the good parts because you've been so in, oh, this is going to be a hard conversation, I have to have a hard conversation with Susie today, and... I just don't know, right? But if we change that and start looking at like, I'm going to have this conversation. I'm going to, it's going to flow with grace and ease or I don't know how it's going to go. But if we keep it open instead of shutting it down, right? This is going to be a hard conversation. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be whatever, right? We go, we lean towards the negative that what else is expected to happen than what you were already programming and expecting to happen. So if we can just change that paradigm and say, hey, honey, we're going to have a conversation. It doesn't have to be hard, right? We're yeah. Have a conversation that's going to flow with grace and ease, whatever that might look like. And that will literally help our supercomputer get us the desired outcome. Yeah, I love that. It's like shifting yeah. the perspective on what what's the outcome that we want. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think in my lingo, and I love, I love what you're saying here is like, my reframe is like, you know, this is, these are all opportunities. This yeah. is actually, this is an opportunity. Um, and what I'm hearing you say is like, let me move into it with this feeling of grace and ease and then also allow for the mystery of how it unfolds. Mm-hmm. And many of us, we get stuck in our assumption of how it will unfold and we don't want the pain. And so that's why I do teach people to be with their experience and be with difficulty because it actually empowers them to see, well, actually, this is not going to kill me. I don't have to default to some old pattern here. I, I do have more space or more possibility. And even if you do default to that pattern, you can take a moment and see that you did and then decide, no, it's actually okay. I can, I can. There's space to do this instead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how we were talking about the, my communication trigger, right? When Tina says, hey, I want to have a conversation. A couple of weeks ago, we were walking Stella. and There's a little field down by my house. And, you know, it was a, a conversation that kind of really wasn't happening. And she looked at me and she was like, I just have to, I'm, I just need to be alone. I'm going to walk back to the house now. And I was like, Okay. And I kept walking Stella. She came up here and the whole walk, I was so in my head with what I did. But by the time I was walking back up the street, I'm like, that's all my old stories coming up. Totally. Like, and I was so thankful that we had that space when she said she was going to come back here. And I went with Stella. Cause if we would have came back here and 
continued to talk with that energy, I think I would have gone into old Joe pattern of thinking like this is going to be not a good conversation. Wow. By the time I got back, I'm like, I totally like created a whole story in my head, right? From past experiences that were years ago and none of them are even true right now that would have, if we would have kept walking and talking the way we were, or I came back here and we talked, it probably would have exploded into a, a very poor conversation. But that little bit of space gave me, thank goodness, the time to realize that I was totally just back in a past experience. That yeah, and that's isn't. yeah, that and that's again to go back to that. It's so common for all of us, and that's basically you're bridging the gap to becoming more aware of your patterns and deciding that's an old one, and I'm I, there's no need to bring this forward here. And to your point, which is such a great observation, how you saw how the fact that you had some physical distance gave you that space to be there. One thing that I would teach clients is to become more masterful in the moment of how to give ourselves that space to see it. You know, mm-hmm. And I talk about it in terms of resource, like what resource do I have internally within my own body and my own nervous system and mind? And what resources do I have externally, right? So like that could be like if I'm walking with my partner and I that happens and say they don't walk away and give you that space, you feel it and you know it's happening and you can give yourself that space. If that's just backing up for a moment or if that's closing your eyes and breathing deeply, if that's looking off into the sky uh, or orienting yourself, as they say, in somatic, somatic experiencing, feeling your feet on the ground, whatever can give you that possibility. Um, and all those things are so in the moment. And the empowered person or couple see, sees all that happening and has some of the tools to see the pattern. Like you just checked off, okay, that's an old pattern. Why I don't need to bring it here or do it, or is it here? I don't know. That's also the thing a lot of people reckon with. Is this an old pattern or is this something that I should be aware of right here? We need the space to discern that, right? It's like the quarterback, like, is that how far is that guy from me? Like, is he going to tackle me right now? Or is that just kind of like, because I got tackled from that position last year, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, I was like, I get ca- getting tackled by the left side. So I'm like programmed to think the left side's coming or is it really the left side is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really difficult. Um, yeah. And that's why it's so fascinating, brother, because this, this whole, I'm getting so excited right now. This whole <laughs> realm- I love it. This whole realm opens up for those on a growth path to explore. And it even can go back to childhood. I mean, for me and my relationship, I noticed that I would have one of the keystones or or, uh, touchstones for my growth was I noticed I had this reaction to my partner uh, over over how she would like, basically, I would get ramped up and over talk and complain and want to get soothed by her. Mm -hmm. 
And she didn't like it. And she would do, get, do the opposite. She would be like, this is too much. And she'd go away. And what would happen? I would get more ramped up. Mm-hmm. And then I'd feel disconnected. And then I, I started to do some work. And I realized, wait a second. When I was young, my mom got worked up. Single mom, very stressed out. Single mom for a lot of my life. Really stressed, overworked, under-resourced. And she would get worked up, anxious, very complain. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to soothe her. And that was my job. I would go over and I would soothe her. And I was kind of replaying that. Uh-huh. Not the soother, but the person being like more like my mom wanting that. And it was such an eye-opening experience. And, and then it led me, just to share a little bit about my journey, into just really going back into my childhood not to blame my parents not to play the victim like this is a big part but just for information to see okay yeah that happened to me like there's parts of my personality that come from that i have like my you know my mom had a lot of anxiety both of her parents left her at a young age she was very in- insecure foundationally mm-hmm. i took on that even my dad his dad left the family at a young age so i took on some of that in my nervous system pre-conscious like uh-huh. pre-language And so it was like such a cool deep dive for me to see. And then it gave me more information about myself. And then in the very moment, it it allowed me to see, oh, wait, wait a second. There's a pattern here. I know my wife loves me. And um, I'm almost done with this because the next step is it allowed me to repair that passed down trauma because it allowed me to say, I'm seeing this pattern and I'm getting it from my mom, my dad, years behind their family of uh, of origin. And I can learn with my partner to actually not repeat it Mm -hmm. and to repattern how my mind and nervous system reacts. So that's also the really cool thing about all this is that our ability to heal and repattern some of these unconscious ways of, of reacting, these triggers, it heals you know, they say this in like, you know, a lot of yoga philosophy, Native American philosophy, it heals like seven generations back and seven generations forward. If you don't believe that, you're at least healing trauma that's been passed down. Um, And that's like a deeper dive. (laughs) That's a deep, that's a deep one. Yeah. And like, Um, yeah, you might be like, I'm not ready for that, man. Like, I don't, but but that's also possible in this mm -hmm. work. And I think our parents are, have so much to teach us like as we grow like i look back not only do i look like my dad so every day i look in the mirror it's i feel like i'm looking like him more and more but there are aspects of him that i saw in my past growing up that i wasn't a fan of you know and i I love my dad but they were just you know his reactions his communication styles his just way of being that i was recognizing coming through i'm like i don't i don't i love you dad but i didn't want to act that way right i didn't want to be in that in that space but i had to first accept like oh shit i'm doing that totally in order in order to 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 push to push past um this went really quick i know i just looked <laughs> you just look at the time i just looked I at the time too like, oh my goodness <laughs> wow um so i wanted to ask you a couple other things but i don't, I don't know if, if if we really have time but i do want we're kind of 
thanks for being here, everybody. Um, but <laughs> some, uh, and I want to ask this question about your podcast and about you putting yourself out into the world. Because of as, as I put myself out into the world, part of what I want to do is help other people put themselves out into the world. And people reach out, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I would love to, to know how, how, how do you feel, right? Putting yourself out there. And before you answer, I just want to share this one little bit. Um, when you still had Paul, when you were still here in Philadelphia, I pretend like I'm still in Philadelphia, even though I'm in the Pocono Mountains. Yeah, I, I pretend I'm still in Philadelphia too, don't worry. <laughs> Um, you would be, and I remember like one time I wanted to call and just be like, could you just please start talking to people? Um, you were like putting all of these beautiful Instagram stories out with all of the words, like typing words in the Instagram stories, like essays. And I'm like, why is he not talking? Why is he not talking? And now finally you're speaking, you're letting yourself be seen. How was that transition? And was there something that, that, um, for people that listen, that in, ask me, I want to start a podcast. I want to put myself out there. I'm afraid. Was there anything that that helped you actually hit that record button, either on IG Reels, on your podcast, by saying I'm going to allow myself to be seen? Yeah, yeah. What a great question, and we could talk about this for a, a long time. I was always a writer, and I always liked writing, and I was I was uncomfortable about putting myself out there early on. But I think, you know, what gave me encouragement was a couple things. What gave me encouragement is that like a lot of people are putting themselves out there. Like now we're in a culture of that. And mm. you, we could say what we want to say about it. But for me, it was like, oh, like, l- it, let me put it this way. I'm listening to people put themselves out there and I'm having the wide gamut of emotions. I like some of them. I love some of them. I don't like some of the other, kind, you know, and then so it allowed me to say, you know what, like, I can put myself out there. Like I'm here. Not all these people are quote unquote perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the beautiful thing of it in our world is that because so many of us are putting ourselves out there, I think it gives us more freedom to be ourselves and not think, well, I have to be some standard. I have to be like this guy. Now, of course that comes up for, mm-hmm. for us or for me at times, but I think that gave me a lot of confidence in doing so. And I've always been a yoga teacher. I've always liked to talk. I've always liked public speaking, and that was really helpful for me. But in that, that's kind of a natural thing. But another touchstone was like I, I was on someone's podcast. This guy, I'm going to give him props, Kaylee Marks. He does podcast coaching. Um, and I was on his podcast, and I loved it. And I, like, I was like, he really validated. He was a great interviewer. He really validated my experience, validated my work, asked great questions, allowed me to flow. And I I felt like, yeah, I want to do this. And I think that maybe for some of your listeners out there, it could be something like that, like where you get the experience of feeling that, of feeling like your voice is validated and it's in a safe container Mm -hmm. Uh, first to be expressed, to be heard. And that gives like that confidence. And maybe Joe, he might provide some of that in his coaching, you know, with, with, with you, I'm I'm hearing that with his manifestation stuff and his way of coaching, just to feel that like I can, my voice is valid and people (laughs) are here supporting me. Right. Yeah. 
And so that's another thing, having peers that do that, like as someone who's been an entrepreneur and a small business owner, to be like around Joe, like I knew Joe, even when we were not like seeing each other a lot, like I saw you put out things and I'm like, Joe's doing that. He is normalizing it. I know Joe. He's like a great, great man, but he's also a guy. He's like me. He's Joe. I'm, you know, and that's inspiring. So it's like if you bring yourself around others that create a culture of that, mm-hmm. that's also really, really, um, really helpful. I think for me in sharing it, it's like, it's like I have a, I had someone in my life who was dealing with a lot of religious trauma, mm-hmm. and and they were reckoning with it. And I said to them once, you know, I think with you, like uh, sharing this and owning this, it helps so many people out there. Yeah. Like your story is, is so many people's story. Like, so I felt like, oh, like this is important. Not like I'm special, but like my, my story in my own little weird, humble way, my stuff, it, people have felt it too. Yeah. So it's almost like it's, I'm obligated in a way, I think, to to share it because I know it's of some value and I know people have experienced before. And then finally, when I share it, I am held accountable to live it and learn it. Yeah. Right. Now, not always. Uh-huh. I, I Sometimes I'm a bullshitter and I can like talk it and forget my own stuff because I'm a human being. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ask Absolutely. my wife. She's like, you've been talking about that all day and you're acting like this right now. And I'm like, I know. I'm, ah. but, <laughs> but yeah, like to share it and speak it is like, like you talk about mindset and speech. You speaking it more than even thinking it and maybe even more than writing it. We could argue that. But saying it, is powerful. So powerful. Yeah. So, so powerful. And then by having witnesses, it's like why people get married. I, I mean, I'm not saying to say marriage is like what you should do, but you have witnesses that are saying these two people are saying these things. Mm-hmm. When you speak your truth and people witness it, so vulnerable. But think about how that holds you accountable and others accountable. Man, you said that so beautifully for everybody listening. That's like, oh, I want to, but, but, but right there, you all deserve to be heard. We all deserve to be heard. And one, one of the biggest takeaways I took from my coaching program was the simple line, your story is your gold. Mm. Right, because so many, right, especially when you're in coaching training and learning all of these things, you're like, what? Do, how, how? Why? Why me? Right? We get imposter syndrome and we think we're not good enough. What do I know? And like, your story is your gold. Like everything that you have experienced, nobody else has experienced, but has experienced, right? Yeah. So it's like, how can we take what we learned, our failures? How can yeah. we take our failures and share them back to the world? So they don't make the same mistakes, right? So we don't make the same mistakes, right? We don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. Let's all learn from each other and just share. And if you're like out what Joe there, used to always say, I love, he would always say when, when we did, we used to do workshops together is like, let's bur- I think it was something that's like, hold each other up or bring each other up. Yeah. Lift you each other something. up, right? Yeah. Lift, that's a lift each other up. And I love that your distinction that like, we all have our unique story. But it also speaks to everybody else's story in some way or or a lot of people's story. And that allows us to live in a culture, not of just like, look at me, look at me, I'm going to talk to a camera, but of lifting each other up. Mm -hmm. So I think if that's our intention, 
that's a very like purifying and, and it's of service type of intention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a beautiful one. And that lovely saying, right? How, how may I serve? How may I be of service? And what if uh, I um, just start throwing this out there? What if we all wake up every morning and we just say, how may I be of service doing what I love? Oh, yeah. And just open up the floodgates for that to happen. Damodar, thank you for being here. This was a super quick hour. I know. Um, I can't believe it went by so quick. <laughs> that's okay. I get to see you live and in person next week, two weeks, really soon. I'm so excited. Well, maybe we can have you on my podcast and we can uh, just keep talking. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. I'd be honored. Cool. I will link all of everything that you have really quick. I know you're on a tight, 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 tight time frame. Is there anything you want to let people know? Anything you want to plug or anything while we're yeah, here? Thanks for, thanks for asking that. Yeah, I'm definitely doing some great things for 2023. Some uh, relational transformation journeys. So all the, all the info is on my website and I'll give Joe that info. So you can check that out if you're an individual or a couple who's ready to kind of dive into more potential and possibility, see yourself, explore, discover yourself and your partner in deeper ways and remove the roadblocks. Again, it's not just couples, but individuals I coach uh, for their relational and life possibilities. So I'd be honored to work with you. And I'm also honored to just be with you, Joe. So thanks. Thanks awesome. so much. I Thank you it. so much. I will link all of your information in the show notes for everybody out there. Go give a follow. Thank you for being here. I love you, brother. Everybody out there, thank you for being here. And I'll see you all really soon.